0: Heart Snuggles podcast and today we're going to have a juicy chat with Asti and
1: I'd love if you could just introduce yourself. Hello beautiful. Uh, so I'm Asti, I'm a female sexual empowerment coach um, and I guide women to connect back with their bodies, with their heart, with their pussy with their feminine essence, their sensuality, their sexuality, so that they can transform their lives in sex, love, dating, business, money, all of the things. <laughs> mm,
0: yay, love that. And I like to start off with a question of, When was what was the last random act of
1: kindness someone did for you? Uh, this morning, I was actually bought two coffees. I went to the cafe, one of my friends was there, brought me a coffee, and then someone else I knew came in and brought me another coffee, so Yeah. That was this morning. That was abundance. sweet. <laughs> so abundance, good. Abundance, abundance of coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how did you get into this sex work and like helping people, empowering women?
1: So I, before I started doing this, I was a. I started pole dancing first of all, and that was like my my first step in the door of my journey of becoming more empowered and reclaiming the aspect of myself. And that pretty quickly turned into stripping. So I actually had a career of nine years working as a dancer and I gained so much in that in terms of like body confidence and reclaiming my sexuality and regaining that like freedom to express myself however I desired and I really wanted to give everything that stripping gave me back to other women because I did notice in that journey that we are also disconnected from our sexuality and that was reflected back to me in the way that women would relate to me and being a stripper so whenever I told someone what I was doing for work I was kind of met with like these two different energies at the same time like women being like oh my god that's amazing I love this tell me more but also at the same time like I can't believe you do that like kind of judgmental as well mm-hmm. and that's how we look at our own sexuality within us right it's like we really want to like explore that part of ourselves but at the same time we've been taught that it's dirty shameful disgusting and that we should disown it so there's almost like this disconnect that's that's going on in a lot of women today
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's so powerful like I've been on the journey of reclaiming my body and just loving it fully and expressing it and tapping into my sensuality and it's such a like so much comes up as you do this and it's really hard for women because there isn't many spaces to like to do that and so how do you help women on that journey like start to start to love their bodies and like love their sexuality
1: Mm. well I can see that you're loving yours I love that you're just here in a bikini like like so free Um, so there's a few ways I work with women mostly it's online Um, I just find that easier as it's more accessible for everybody to work with me that way. It also offers uh, another layer of safety when women can work in the safety and the comfort of their own home. So there's a lot of work that we do beginning just by like bringing your awareness down into your body, connecting to your body through sensation, through breath, through movement, through dance. Um, And then a big piece of it is self-pleasure as well. Um, And then I also do some day retreats and in-person work, which I absolutely love. It does add like a little bit more potency when you're there with women. And I I actually really love that. And what I think is so powerful in terms of body confidence is nudity. So Mm -hmm. actually just like stripping off your clothes Mm -hmm. and just being seen naked and like your raw essence is so powerful. And I've seen it in so many retreats where women know that this is coming and they get really like nervous, I'm like, oh my God, do I really have to do this. At the end of the retreat, they're running around wild and naked and so free. It's like, I always think of it like, it's like you're holding onto a dirty secret, or like something you don't want people to know, right? And it like kills you when you're holding onto the secret. And once you tell people and people are like, okay, whatever, it's fine. You're like, oh. It's the same as being naked. It's like so scary, so scary, so scary. And then you do it. And it's like underlying all of this on an unconscious level. It's like you're still being loved. You're still being accepted. The people around you, you're still belonging with your community, the woman around you. And so it offers you a sense of freedom of being accepted fully for mm-hmm. who you are. Mm,
0: so mm. beautiful. Love that. Yeah. So even good. just like sleeping naked. Like I've been doing that for few years now and I every time like I noticed so many people don't even sleep naked and aren't comfortable at night like even with themselves to be naked and I'm like
1: what yeah yeah Yeah. it was also that um it made me laugh actually did you see that TikTok trend that was going around for a little while where girls would walk out into the living room naked filming their boyfriend so they'd walk up to their boyfriend naked filming to get his reaction and the guys would just stop and be like Oh my God. And I laughed to my now ex-partner, but I laughed and I was like, if I did that to you, you wouldn't even look up because like I just walk around naked the whole time. (laughs) And I was like, wow, like it's really like unusual for couples to walk around naked together. Like I just thought that was normal, but it's it's really not. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird, all the things that we have in our society. I know. Mm. Even one thing I love doing with my friends, a couple of weeks ago, actually one of my friends invited me to go stay at her hotel and we ended up running a bath and just sitting in the bath together drinking champagne chatting catching up and it was so beautiful and even like booking a sauna I often go with my friends and we sit naked in the sauna and just hang out yeah, yeah. it's so nice to just connect with each other in that way where it's like there's no shame just full acceptance mm-hmm. yeah
0: I take baths with my friends all the time too <laughs> so good I How do
1: you a woman with like shame about their breasts or their yonis and yeah so for me my own um body journey was a lot to do with my breasts so I felt really insecure in the way that my breasts looked for a long time and I remember I like I would feel so uncomfortable I wouldn't even get changed in front of friends and when I had sex with my boyfriend I would always be up in my head just worrying like do I look funny is he judging me You go like around in circles with these thoughts. And when you're up in your head worrying about what you look like, you're so disconnected from your body. So you're actually really disconnected from your pleasure. Um, And it's funny, I remember one day when I was back home in New Zealand, I saw a group of women just like hanging out on the beach topless and they just looked so like free within their bodies and they didn't care what anyone thought. And I remember being like, I really wish I could be like that, but I can't, like I, I don't like my boobs. Fast forward a few years and I'm like stripping, dancing naked (laughs) all over stages. But for me, I think for me, there are a couple of things. So first, there was the work that I was doing on my own. A lot of work around breast massage and like really connecting to your breast with this loving and accepting energy Mm -hmm. can really change the relationship that you have with them. But also opening up my perspective of what normal bodies looks like When I started dancing, I got to see women in all different shapes, sizes and colors. And it was like an immediate like transformation of like, oh, this is what women's bodies actually look like. Actually, hold on a minute. I am normal. Like it was that rapid. It was like straight away. Yeah. Just being able to see it. And the more I was seen topless or seen nude and accepted by the people around me, the more it just like reconfirms like actually i'm normal <laughs> mm-hmm. it's crazy how how many women are, can like ask themselves that question am i normal
0: i know it's so sad it's and I'm so sad.
1: sad and we're all normal of course you're normal yeah yeah like fuck the conditioning <laughs> i know oh, and so- even my sister's friends the same around like our, our yonis and um our labia right because we grow up watching porn we look at the magazines that come out and I actually have a couple of friends that worked in that industry one of my friends was a model the other one was a editor and they both told me I don't know what it's like where you are but in Australia for these magazines to be legal to go on the shelf they actually have like a one split rule which means that all of the pussies need to be any so if there's any like labia that are hanging out they actually photoshop them off So everyone's got like this perfect little Barbie doll pussy which is totally like that's not reality right Mm -hmm. but we grow up looking at these magazines thinking that that's normal and if you don't look like that then you you start to think that there's something wrong with you.
0: Yeah and then like rumors that like you've had a lot of sex if it's like if the labia comes out all these you know. Yeah
1: yeah which is funny because then there's that meme where it's like (laughs) How guys think if we have a lot of sex, we get loose. And then there's that thing like, if a guy has a lot of sex, his penis must get smaller from rubbing the inside of the vagina. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> oh my gosh. And
0: let's talk about orgasms because I know a lot of my girlfriends don't orgasm or barely can get it. And so, how do you help women achieve that?
1: Yeah. So, again, there's like a few layers through this. A big piece of it is overcoming the conditioning, anything that you've picked up through um, your childhood. So, doing a lot of inner child work, just to rearrange these narratives that we hold on to around our sexuality. As I said, we hold on to a lot of stories that say that it's not safe, that it's dangerous, that it's dirty, that it's disgusting, that we're not going to be loved. And so, when we have these beliefs that being sexual is going to make us unsafe or not loved, we're not going to allow, allow ourselves to go there. So it's about rewiring these thoughts and training ourselves to reassociate our sexuality, our pleasure with orgasm, with love and with safety. So really just like connecting to your body in that energy of being loved and being safe, using your breath to remind yourself that you're safe to fully surrender open into pleasure. And this all starts with a solo practice, right? So many women complain that men don't know what they're doing or, um, They often complain about the way men make love to them. Like they're just in a hurry. They just rush for the clip. And I always ask, well, how do you make love to yourself? And usually the way that your partner is making love to you is a reflection of the way that you're making love to yourself. It's also hard to have the conversations around what turns you on, what gets you off, what are your needs, what are your desires, what are your boundaries, if you don't know that yourself. So the more you self-pleasure, the more you can understand what turns you on and Mm -hmm. the more you can learn your own roadmap to orgasm and then you can share that more easily with a partner Mm -hmm. so lots and lots and lots of self-pleasure while also letting go of the the goal of orgasm so just going in with an open mind and an open pussy and just like touching your body in a way where it's like I'm just going to explore myself I'm just going to see what turns me on? Letting go of the goal of orgasm allows you to surrender deeper without putting that pressure on yourself, and usually that's what allows you to move into orgasm. So it's a little bit of a catch twenty-two. Mm-hmm. If you're focusing on orgasm, your body goes like into like pressure, like I need to perform, I need to achieve this goal, and that stress actually pulls you away. So just no goal, just like open connecting with pleasure, and yeah, yeah, that's lovely. where you're gonna. Open, flourish into beautiful orgasmic experiences. Yum. (laughs)
0: Everyone needs it. And (laughs) you've had
1: sexual trauma. So I do guide my clients through practices to move through sexual trauma. Usually, this is why a lot of women feel disconnected from their bodies or disconnected from pleasure because you're holding on to the emotional residue from sexual trauma in your body. And oftentimes to reclaim pleasure, it takes going through the trauma and releasing the trauma to get to the pleasure that's underneath. So we get conditioned, just as we get conditioned against being too sexual, we get conditioned against feeling into certain emotions. So as women, if we're like upset or crying, we get told that we're crazy, that we're too emotional, all of these things. So often when we feel these uncomfortable or quote unquote negative emotions come up, we tend to block them down and Mm -hmm. suppress them instead of allow them to come up. So really that's what it's about. is like sitting with yourself, noticing if there's any heaviness, any ickiness that you're feeling surrounding your, your sexuality. First of all, just connecting with it, accepting it and then allowing it to come to the surface so it can be expressed because underneath all of that pain lies all of the pleasure that you're searching for but you can't have one without the other right you can't block certain emotions and expe- and expect to experience other ones you've got to feel it all mhm every aspect of your life all the grief all the mm. all those things we have
0: to feel and it's another thing like i wish we were taught how to hold space for ourselves in those things because that's like you said the on the other side of all that is this like love and just peace and your center and mm. it's so important that we can all connect there
1: yeah and there's something so beautiful, even in feeling those really deep emotions. Because if you're cutting yourself off from feeling the uncomfortable emotions, you actually cut yourself off from feeling pleasure too. So you cut yourself off at both ends of the spectrum of what you're capable of feeling. And you get to this place where you feel shut down, you feel disconnected, you feel numb. Oftentimes you feel depressed. And through like recent things that I've been in my been through in my own life, I like now know that the only thing that's more uncomfortable than pain is being numb because at least when you're experiencing pain you're still feeling those emotions you still feel alive right feeling deep sadness or anger or grief you still feel alive so there's still something so beautiful in that Mm -hmm.
0: and so how do you help people like if they've been numb for so long to
1: start feeling again so first of all It's all about just bringing your awareness down into your body. So no more trying to escape those emotions, coming back home, connecting through meditation. And then I do have a deep practice where I guide women through um, pussy de So -hmm. I actually do have a wand on my site. Have you got it there with you?
0: No, I I don't. I do Do have have one there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's a, a glass wand and you'd use it it's pretty much just like how you'd go and get a a massage, right? So when you're like holding onto stress or tension, you get knots in your back and you feel tight, you feel tense. And just as you'll get a back massage to like loosen out and, and release any of this tightness, it's the same thing that you can do inside your vagina. So using a wand, just pressing on the walls of your vagina, massaging out any of this tightness, any tension. And as you said, it might start with numbness. So you might not feel anything, but the more that you work, um, through this practice, you'll begin to move through that numbness into feeling again. There might be layers of pain, as we've said, and then below that, you'll experience pleasure. But we hold on to so much trauma inside our vaginas, especially around our cervix.
0: Yeah, and like ancestral stuff, because like, a lot of women have not healed any of this, yeah. so we're
1: carrying a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. you're right. It's not even it's not even just about what's happened in your life. It's the stuff that you're carrying from all of your ancestors. So a lot of women will say to me, like I had, a, I don't have any sexual trauma, which is not very likely considering how suppressed we are as a whole in our society. But all of our ancestors carried sexual, sexual trauma, and now that's been passed on down to us. Mm-hmm. Someone's just started soaring outside. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's amazing, and. Um, I want to talk about too, like when you do step up and like you, you even wear like more sexual things and you start to like do that. How do you deal with like the pressures of men that just like want to like think they can claim you and like have your attention. And then also with like, usually the older generations of like women that are like, that's inappropriate, you know, like you're the,
1: that kind of stuff. hmm. To be honest, what I have noticed in my journey is the more comfortable you are within yourself and the more that you believe and are fully like confident in what you're doing, the less of that you actually attract. So when I first started stripping and I was kind of like a little insecure, wasn't sure about what I was doing, I felt like I received a lot of negative um, comments from people. And the more that I was just like, this is what I'm doing. If people were like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a stripper, like owned it. They're like, okay, that's what she does. That's cool. Like, leave her alone, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're reflecting back to you any insecurities that you're holding in, in on yourself. Um the same with men, I think. Like this, like that's the thing about boundaries is when you have really strong boundaries and you're willing to say no to what doesn't serve you, it's almost like this energetic shift that happens. It's like people can feel that energy and the fact that you have these strong boundaries set within yourself it reflects in the way that people show up around you and respect you mm-hmm. yeah
0: I agree boundaries are so healing they're the
1: best yes. what are some examples That's a lot of the work that I'm doing now because I think everyone thinks that like oh to live your dream life it's all about being in pleasure and like sensuality and like mm, all of that like soft feminine stuff but it's like you actually need the backbone and the foundation of really fucking strong boundaries because you need to be able to say no to everything that doesn't serve you so that you can be in pleasure. You need to say no to everything that's not bringing you pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to own that fire within you too. And this goes for everything in life. Like you're able to say no to work that doesn't turn you on to dating experiences that don't turn you on. You'll attract more of what you do want. So bringing it back to sex as well. If you have strong boundaries and you can say no to certain i mean if sex is going down a path that you're not enjoying and you have the ability to say no it just gives you a sense of safety right you feel safe in your body you feel safe with your partner you just feel safe knowing that you're going to be able to speak up if you need to and it's that sense of safety that you gain through having strong boundaries that allows you to surrender And when you can surrender and fully let go, that's where you have the most amazing orgasmic experiences. So it can't be all just like soft and feminine and like surrendered and like, take me, do whatever. It's like, no, you need to know that you actually have the strong boundaries too. Because if you don't have the strong boundaries, there's no way that you're going to be able to surrender and fully receive.
0: Totally. And I think the biggest problem with that, I work through and like I hear a lot of people too is like feeling guilty like saying no like if they know someone else likes that whatever the reason and so how do you help people with like the guilt that comes with saying no or like the so pleasing, you know
1: yeah so the people pleasing usually comes from you not wanting to set a boundary because you believe that if you saying no to someone else they're no longer gonna love you or they're no longer going to accept you so it's a fear that their love for you is going to be taken away so really this all comes back down to self-love right if you fully love yourself and you're filling your own cup there's not that fear of rejection because even if you set a strong boundary let's say you're dating and someone doesn't someone does something that you're not happy with like I feel like at the beginning of dating everyone tries to like play it cool like I don't have any needs I don't have any boundaries make it easy for this person which is so stupid because you want to set strong boundaries and actually scare away all the people that don't serve you. But let's just say someone is really flaky and like doesn't message you back for five days and you say to them, this isn't okay. I'm not not okay with you treating me this way. Out comes that fear of like in me saying that to that person, I might scare them away and they might be like, you're too much, you're crazy, you're too hard work. Mm -hmm. And off they go if you love yourself and they, and they leave, you're like, well, I don't care if you don't like me anymore because I love myself. Right. And you're fully honoring yourself, like standing in this like energy of the queen, you'll happily let them go and be like, well, I deserve more anyway. Like, bye. (laughs) There's not this like, Oh my God, don't leave me. Like I need your love. No, your cup's already full. Yeah. So when your cup's full, any experiences that you have from there is just like the cherry on top yeah
0: and I noticed too like as soon as I started setting boundaries like so quickly you're matched with people that like respect that like when you say no to that like someone gets brought to you that you're like whoa this is actually what I wanted like and mm. so the more you can like show what you want that's you so much quicker attract it
1: totally it's like you're saying to the universe like no I'm not happy with this like not settling by. Yeah. yeah and then you clear that space for something better to come in oh it's so magical yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. (laughs) It's so good. Mm. And you get to set the bar. This is what women are like not realizing. It's like wherever you're being met in dating or business or sex, wherever, it's like you are setting that bar, right? Mm. You get to set the bar. You get to choose where you get to be met. And you do that in the way that you treat yourself and the way you love yourself, Mm. the way you date yourself, the way you fuck yourself, Mm. all of the things.
0: I hate that thing where it's like, oh, but he's nice and like, you know, he does this for me. And I'm like, so that's the bare minimum. What do you actually want? Like, that doesn't mean you should
1: settle. No, I know, right? And I, sometimes I hear things, I'm like, oh, the bar is on the floor. Like that is bare minimum. (laughs) That's something I was saying over the last couple of months coming out of um, intentional celibacy. Like my new moon rituals and everything was like, no more bare minimum men. (laughs) (laughs) No more, we're raising the bar. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Ooh, talk about your celibacy. Oh, so I, at the end of last year, went through a breakup. One of my friends actually has a celibacy course and she did it for about 10 months following her breakup. And it was so inspiring watching her, the way that she like left this relationship and then just fully created a life that she loved on her own. So I followed in her footsteps to 10 months intentional celibacy with like dating myself, and dining myself, went and stayed at a really nice um, hotel for my birthday. It was really funny because I actually ordered myself roses in the morning. Like I love red roses. In the morning, the concierge knocks like we've got a delivery for you. And I'm there like, oh my God, who are they from? Like <laughs> getting really excited. They're from me. <laughs> but it, it felt like, In that moment, I was like, wow, this level of love that I'm feeling right now for myself, it feels the same as if someone else had actually bought me these flowers, right? Like we tend to think that we can only receive love in this way when it's from someone else, but you can actually receive it all from yourself and it's just as yummy. Um, And then my final day, I actually went to this really beautiful hotel in the city and got some treatments at the day spa um, swam in the pool and the spa went out for champagne it was really beautiful but this is crazy so I was sitting in this day spa and as I was sitting there I was thinking to myself like this is the standard if this is how I date myself I, I'm not accepting anything less from men like this is the standard I've recently started dating this guy we've only been on like three or four four dates. we've seen each other four times our third date he took me there, the exact same place. He had no idea. He was like, I'm gonna surprise you. I'm taking you to the day far. So I'm like mind blowing. Like it's so true that you get to set the standard. It was matched like exactly the exact same place. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's more yeah. doing that. Yeah, because you can't expect someone to do all these things for you if you're not willing to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that in my life too. Like I was starting to I never took myself on dates ever. And I started doing that recently. I was like, this is fun. Like, I remember when my girlfriend, she was like, I love hanging out with myself. And I was like, what? I don't think that. Like, I want to start thinking that. And so then I was like, yeah. when I'm alone, like I just started yeah, having so much fun. I would like go, I had a, was at a friend's house at a hot tub and I'm just like dancing sexually to myself. And it just felt so good. And I was like, wait, I love hanging out with myself. And it,
1: yeah, like,
0: energy shift is so big.
1: I love that. And then when you're feeling so good in your own little bubble of your energy, it's like whoever that you're going to welcome into that space has to be amazing, right? You're not going to let anyone into a little bubble of like self-love that's going to bring that down. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I also Mm -hmm. want to ask you about you being the squirt queen. Love that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I, one of the other products I sell is called Squirt for Me. And it's designed for G Spot stimulation. So it guides women to Squirt. Um, it also comes like this is what I love about the products is they all come with a free gift. So most of them come with an audio practice guide. But Squirt for me comes with a video demonstration. Mm. And it's not me. I feel funny because I'm always like, it's the best thing you'll ever watch. So I feel like <laughs> I need to clarify that it's not me. But it is like, it's so beautiful because it's easy to Google and like to go on porn websites to to find videos of women squatting, but they're always filmed for men and they're always filmed in a way where it's very performative so this video is filmed by a woman for women, woman and she goes through all of the steps and explains it to you in a really sweet way and it's just so like pure and innocent like it feels like you're sitting on the bed with your older sister and she's just like showing you the rope like it's amazing Um, but I changed my Instagram bio to squirt queen because every day I had people messaging me like I squirted for the first time like sending me photos of their sheets and everything it's it's so fun even the other day I was in in a restaurant down the road from me and this girl walks in and she's kind of looking at me I'm like do I know her like she doesn't look familiar she sits at the table next to me and I can see her like looking over making eye contact and she's like Asti Yes, Steve. I brought squirt for me. I squirted. I'm like, oh my god! It's so funny that one. like it's famous.
0: Sorry, it's so good. That's so good. What are some of your favorite? Do you do you any like special like self pleasure things like meditations
1: or anything like that to help the? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, all of the pleasure treasures, all of the ones come with their own practice. It really depends on like where you're at in your journey, what you're wanting to focus on. There's one that just guides you back into your body. So for anyone that feels maybe a little bit uncomfortable with self-pleasure, disconnected from your body, maybe you're feeling like up in your head during sex. It's a great one to start with. Um, There's another one that just guides you through pleasure, guiding you through tips that will allow you to enhance your orgasm. Uh, the healing one heal me we already spoke about allows you to move through numbness through trauma um, through any pain or discomfort you experience through penetration and then there's align me which is about it comes with a manifestation that allows you to tap into your sexual orgasmic creative life force energy to manifest mm-hmm. so it, it's a manifestation practice using your sexual energy and that's one of my other favorites it's, so good
0: (laughs) let's talk about that how do you use your sexual energy for that I think it's Mm -hmm. one of the most powerful energies out there
1: (laughs) well that's it it's your most powerful energy first of all I think reclaiming your sexuality is the most powerful step in the direction for personal empowerment because empowerment is really just knowing who you are knowing what you want and then being able to get it a lot of women don't even know what they want so they look outside into society kind of asking like what should I be doing with my life like climbing these corporate ladders that don't make them happy they don't have that sense of fulfillment or contentment because the goals that they're chasing aren't in alignment with their soul they're not in alignment with their heart so to figure out what you really want as an individual you have to connect to yourself and the most powerful way to connect to yourself is through sex and then being able to actually go out and make that happen you need to feel worthy right and there's no way that you can be fully embodied in your sexuality reclaiming that most core innate aspect of yourself that brings you to a sense of wholeness that makes you feel worthy and no one's ever like been in high peaks of sexual pleasure or orgasm and felt unworthy like they just go hand in hand so in reclaiming your sexuality it makes it so easy to create a whole life that you desire so that's one part of sex magic but also your sexual energy is your creative life force energy. When you are activated in this, you become more radiant. Like you can see it in women. They're like more radiant, more alive, more vibrant, just it's like in the way that they walk and the way that they express themselves. And you become a magnet, right? You become a magnet for all of your greatest dreams, visions and desires. Um, so it's really powerful, mm. yeah yeah
0: I I feel that too and you're right I can see that in the women that do and I saw the shift in myself too like you just start to glow more
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's women that I work with where from the time they start with me like six months later I look at them and I see them on their Instagram stories I'm like you are a different person like you look like it changes who you are right when you have that like I call it the well fucked glow <laughs> mm, <that's so> good. <laughs> just like glowing from the inside out <laughs> that's amazing
0: mm. and I also saw that post you put that like I love the mantra where you work less and make more money or what was it I don't remember exactly but
1: the less I work the more money I make yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's that and another one I say is the more fun I have the more money I make
0: mm-hmm. oh, mm. so powerful Fuck the capitalism. <laughs> exact opposite.
1: Yeah. Well, money's just energy, right? Money doesn't know time. Mm-hmm. So if you become a match for a certain amount of money, why do we always have to attach time to that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't. <laughs> we don't. We can fast track it.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, amazing. Yeah, that was it's, it's interesting because I've been telling myself that for like a year and a half. The less I work, the more money I make. And it's funny because I say it in front of like whoever and a lot of people look at me like, who is this chick? Like she's crazy. And I'm like, I don't care. I believe it. it's happening. And this last financial year, because um, our financial year ends in a few weeks in Australia. Normally every month I'm like looking at my, how much money I'm making. I'm very like on it with targets and everything like that. This year has been like a little bit of a roller coaster for me. I've been through heartbreak, went through a breakup, lost my little brother at the beginning of the year. So had to really step back from my business, took a lot of time off and I'm only really just getting back into it now. Even now being like back into it, I'm still doing like a couple of days a week. Like I don't work that much. And my my friend slash business partner was here the other night and we're looking at my finances and she's like this is how much you've made because I hadn't even checked I was like going through deep trauma I didn't care I was like I like I don't have the energy to put in my business I don't care how much money I'm making as long as I can buy food pay my rent I'm happy wasn't putting energy in my business wasn't putting my focus into how much money I was making and my energy really shifted I moved more into this place of like I'm just completely trusting. I'm just going to fully surrender, keep trusting that money's going to keep showing up. It's always going to be there when I need it. It's okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. I trust. I trust. I trust. And so I never really was checking in on my finances. But the other day I did check and this financial year I've actually made 50% more than I did last year. Like mind blowing, but also like not surprised because I was telling myself that mantra every day. Yeah. The less I work the more money I make
0: <laughs> I love it yeah anything is possible it's so it's like your mind really does create your reality and the more you can just believe it everyone's like that doesn't make sense like it's not logical like if yeah try to make it logical it's not gonna
1: work <laughs> well that's what people say to me like oh that doesn't make sense or like you're yeah, right and then I'm like you'll see <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love magic it's it's
0: possible. So yeah, yeah. How do you practice surrendering more? Because I see I struggle with it sometimes as well. And so,
1: um, yeah, how do you practice surrender more? So uh, a few ways. Well, for me, in my day, it looks like only putting a couple of things on my to-do list. So I try not to like cram everything on, just put the two two things that I'm going to get done each day and leave it at that. Right. And like trusting that everything's going to work out the way that it's meant to in perfect timing. I used to, when I first had my business, I used to work in a way where I was like very goal oriented and almost very narrow minded. I was like, my business is going to be successful and my success is going to look like this. And I think at that time it was like, I'm going to have 10 one on one clients. I'm going to have 10 one on one clients. And what happens is when you do this, you actually, Become so narrow minded that you cut yourself off from any other possibility. So, my when I first started learning to surrender, it looked like me letting go of the grip and letting go of the need for it to for my success to look that way, letting go of the how that's it, knowing that I was going to be successful, but letting go of the how, knowing the how is not my job. So, I actually let go of that and I was like. I'm tired, of this shit, I'm just going to like fully surrender, let go of that, see what happens. Took a step back and then my mind, I guess, completely opened. I was open to seeing different opportunities and possibilities that were showing up. And after that, I actually got invited to fly to New Zealand to teach a workshop. I got flown up to the Gold Coast and taught at a big event there. Um, got invited to host a retreat with somebody started doing group coaching programs like all of these other little things started happening by letting go of the how so for me that's a huge part of surrender is knowing that your success is coming or knowing that the money's coming or knowing that your true love is coming and letting go of the how mm-hmm. not trying to overthink it but also stepping back into like the feeling of it's already done mm-hmm Yeah, it's already done. It's already happened. It's already yours. It's on its way. Yeah.
0: How do you have women call in their dream divine partner?
1: So coming back to what we were talking about before, I am like intentional celibacy. With anything that you're trying to manifest, it's not necessarily about having that thing. It's always to do with the emotional attachment or the emotional fulfillment that we believe having that thing is going to give us. So pulling in your dream partner, usually it's love or a sense of being desired. There might be like a sense of safety in there as well. But whatever those core emotional things are, it's important to ask yourself, first of all, like, what are they? How would I be feeling after I manifest this person? But then also, how can you start embodying that more today? How can you introduce more love, more safety, more desire, right? For me, like in a relationship, I love romance. I love adventure. I love passion. So when I'm on my own, I try and introduce a lot of that into my life. So it's not about calling in that person to get that emotional fulfillment. It's embodying those emotions now, doing things in your life now that make you feel that way. And that's going to elevate your vibration to the level where you're going to find your match, where you're going to find that person. Yes. Yes. So it's all about being a good lover for yourself.
0: (laughs) Um, What was
1: your best orgasm you've ever had? Oh my God, best orgasm. The one that comes to mind, and I don't think it was like the orgasm itself, but the most like magical experience. I I love going to nude beaches. And I was at the nude beach with my ex. And we, afterwards, like when we're leaving, we actually climbed down a cliff and we were having sex like down the cliff on this rock overlooking the ocean. And I remember like, as I started to orgasm, I looked up and saw dolphins swimming past. Yeah, I know I was like how is this real like what amazing oh, yeah so beautiful mm. Mm. yay and how do you help
0: people explore like what they explore things in the sexual realm because to find what their needs are and to find what they like so
1: it all starts with them right so self-pleasure self-pleasure and really just learning that um for yourself what turns you on um what do your desires are beginning to explore that yourself you really can't have the conversation and let someone else know what you want unless you know within yourself and you know how to offer that to yourself Mm -hmm. like I said you can't expect anyone to do something for you that you're not willing to do yourself so it all starts as a solo practice
0: and where are some resources where people can find things to help them try new things like even with themselves you know
1: yeah So on my website, astymarie.com, I have a few um, meditations that you can download for free. I've also got an ebook you can download for free, which is all about desire, tapping into your most desirable self. Um, And then there's my courses as well. So there's masterclasses on orgasm, on libido, um, and then going deeper into those practices we spoke about, like overcoming trauma, conditioning, moving through Um, pain or discomfort and tapping into pleasure and a little bit of work around the heart as well, around love and self-love. It's all on the website. And if anyone has any questions, they can email me hello at Astinmarie.com and then I can point them in the right direction.
0: Amazing. And what are you offering right now? Aren't you launching a new course? So
1: on Monday, next week, I'm doing a live masterclass. I don't know when this is going to come out. It might've already happened. I don't know. Uh, we're going to be talking about boundaries and <laughs> it's like the funniest title for an offering I've ever used. It's called cute, but I'll cut you. Because <laughs> <laughs> l- lately me and my friends have been talking a lot about boundaries and if a guy's like doing anything that we're like, that's not okay. We're like, cut him, yeah. cut him,
0: get rid of him. <laughs>
1: so it's cute but I'll cut you and that's like what I was talking about before it's like the sweet softness like central like goddess part of yourself which is there and like we want to live in that energy but like you fuck with me and I'll cut you like the badass is in there too <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: It's like, uh, the masculine and the feminine yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah and lastly what's been bringing your heart joy lately Oh, I feel like so many things. I feel like life has been so yummy lately. Um, for me now, it's like dating because I was celibate for so long. So I'm feeling like dating is so fun. It's bringing me so much pleasure, so much joy, so many like heart explosion, heart <laughs> together. <laughs> Um, and also my friends I have a really good group of friends that live really close to me and I see them I see a lot of them like twice a day like I have a really really close community and that's really beautiful the best that's my favorite part of life too Mm -hmm. oh I just
0: thought of another question and it's like how how women can't even say like vagina pussy um yoni whatever it is like they, yeah, know what people
1: call it—the private part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's it. First of all, like, let's just start calling it what it is. Yeah, that's the first little thing to overcome. Um, it's just like, yeah, again, again, it's all the shame and the conditioning that we have endured growing up. One thing that can really help is just to listen to podcasts like this, and when you'll list or follow women on Instagram who are talking about pussies or gonies or whatever, and the more that you hear other women talking about it in a sense of like openness and like shame-free, it gives you permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. So that's really powerful. Yeah, just like you were
0: saying when you were seeing other women's bodies, like once you can like see it in real life, it's like, okay, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. it's okay. Yeah, and it will start with you hearing the word and being okay with it, right? Mm -hmm. Even just like hearing the word, noticing if you feel any achiness in your body like when someone says pussy, you might feel like a oop, but just being aware of that first Mm -hmm. is the first step. And then just, yeah, like listening to lots of podcasts like this, the more you hear hear those words flowing around or used in sentences, the more comfortable you'll get with it. And then the easier it is for you to then use those words and have conversations open there.
0: Yay. I love it. Thank you so much. This is such a beautiful conversation. And where can people find you? You kind of already mentioned it, but
1: my website or my instagram is asti a-s-t-i dot marie m-a-r-e
0: perfect thank you so much thank you beautiful this was
1: fun